Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. Amen. Amen. It's such a beautiful thing to, you know, to be bringing God's word to us tonight, you know, and I'm really grateful to the opportunity given to me by my father, our pastor, Pastor Daniels, to, to share with us. Hallelujah. Amen. Tonight we're going to be, you know, going in the route that we've been going, um, I think in the last, the last two years now, um, ahead of the new year. We set out time to help people um, put together a plan for growth in the new year. You know, so tonight we're going to start planning for growth in 2024. You know, part part A or part one. You know, tonight and by God's grace, um, we will continue next Wednesday wherever we stop. Hallelujah! Amen. Hallelujah! Amen. How many of us believe that God is fair? And it's just, you know, it's fair. And it's just, I don't know if you've been in a place where it is raining. You know, your whole outside with everyone and it is raining. And the rain is falling on some people. And it's not touching some other people. And you're together in the, I don't know if it has ever happened to you. You won't find it. You know, because it causes the sun to shine on both the godly and the ungodly. That's the beauty of our God. So by implication, he's given every one of us 24 hours in a day. Some people don't have more to their 24 hours than some other people. We all have 24 hours in a day. We all have seven days in a week. We all have 12 months in a year. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But you see what makes the difference between the result that comes out of the 12 months in a year, it's what we are able to do with God's revelation to us, particularly as believers. So God brings us revelation. What we do with this revelation, how we act and work with this revelation influences how much we are able to get out you know, of the new year. For those that followed the plan that we had for 2023, um, how many of you were able to knock out significantly the things you had on your plan, on your vision board for 2023? Wow. I'm so excited to see that even Momore, you know, (laughs) is raising his hand for that. Awesome. Glory to God. You know, there is power in planning. 
There is power in planning. And I'm just going to lay the foundation using an interesting story that we know about. And I'm just going to coin, you know, tricky things that we need as we plan. Genesis chapter 41. We're very familiar with the story. Genesis chapter 41. I prefer to read it in Amplified Classic. Genesis 41. Remember, Joseph was in prison. Um, he had interpreted a dream for the king's uh, buckler and the king's baker. And he had, you know, hacks that by the time they get out to, by the time the buckler, the buckler is restored, right? By the time he gets back to the king, he should mention about his case to the king. But the guy forgot him for two full years. Two full years. Then Pharaoh had a dream. They had a dream. And the dream was really very confusing because there was nobody in the kingdom to interpret it. But the fact was that he had a dream. There was a signal. There was a revelation. Remember that Pharaoh wasn't like, wasn't a prophet. He wasn't in the category of the kings of Israel. You know, when we talk about David, when we talk about Solomon, people that had access to the Hurim and the Turim, people who could get information from the prophets, assess the mind of God. He wasn't in their category. He was just a secular king. He was just a secular king. But God, in his infinite mercy, you know, signaled him about what is to come, but he came encoded. Somebody say encoded. You know, it was encoded. So he needed someone who had connection with God to decode it for him. But God in his mercies communicated to him what was about to happen. And what was the information that was provided? Let's, let's go through it. Um, verse 2. And behold, there came out of the river, the river Nile, seven well-favored cows. Well-favored. <laughs> well-favored cows. Sleek and handsome and fat. And they grazed in the reed grass, in the marshy pasture. Talking about cows that were very fat. And behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river Nile. Ill-favored and gaunt and ugly, and stood by the fat cows on the bank of the river Nile. Verse 4, and the ill-favored, gaunt, and ugly cows ate up the seven well-favored and fat cows. Then Pharaoh awoke. I mean, the guy was confused. How can you have blessed, favored, fat, sleek, and some cows as giant as this being eaten up by this ugly, sick. In fact, King James Version says that they've never been a cow that is as malnourished or thin like that in Pharaoh, in, in, in Egypt. There's never, as in, it has never happened that they will see such a cow. You know, but such heel-favored, malnourished cows head up the, the favored one or the blessed one or the fat ones. Let's continue. Pharaoh work. But he slept and dreamt the second time. And behold, seven hairs of grain came out of one stalk, plump and good. And behold, after them, seven hairs of grain sprouted thin, blighted by the east wind. I mean, it's not just sprouted. It's not just thin. The east wind has dealt with it that it has shrunk so much. <laughs> you know? But... 
The seventeen hairs of grain devoured the seven plump full hairs. And Pharaoh awoke and behold, it was a dream. He got the revelation from God in an encoded way. But the fact was that he got a revelation, you know, from God. So, every new year, God is always faithful to provide illumination as to what the year has got to offer. No matter, no matter, you know, the category of people, no matter the company, no matter where we are, God is faithful to show a pointer. He's always faithful to give direction. He's always faithful to give direction. And for us in the household of, you know, Lighthouse, God has already highlighted to us what 2024 will be about. He has already confirmed to us that 2024 it's a year that is going to prove himself to us as the unlimited God in every facet of our life. We have the 12 prophetic signposts to guide us. He has declared to us that this period that we are in is the decade of possibilities. So we have the revelation about what he has for us. But it's not enough to have a revelation. You can have the revelation and interpretation of the revelation just as what Joseph did. Because when we read further, you know, after Joseph was called in Genesis chapter, chapter by the time you get to 32, you can flip to 32 or thereabout, you know, Genesis 41 verse 32, you know, the sent for Joseph, Joseph brought about the revelation. He interpreted the revelation or the dream that the king had. And he explained it. And when he explained it, the interpretation that he gave brought about a strategic plan. So he shared a plan with the king. That this is what we're going to do. Let's read from verse 33. It says, Now let, the, let Pharaoh seek out and provide a man discreet, understanding, proficient, and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt as governor. Now, there was the dream. There was the interpretation of the dream. So they knew that it was going to happen, that the next seven years would be seven years of plenty. Then after that seven years, there's going to be another seven years of famine, that the famine we hit so hard, that it will look like there was never seven years of plenty. That was the revelation. Seven years of plenty, after which there will be another seven years of drought, that we hit so hard as if there was never seven years of plenty. So he had that revelation on one side. Now, this was Joseph offering Pharaoh a plan. Verse 34. He says, let Pharaoh do this and let him select and appoint officers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the whole land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years, year by year, year by year. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and lay up grain under the direction and authority of Pharaoh and let them retain food in fortified granaries in the cities. 
And that food shall be put in store for the country against the seven years of hunger and famine that are to come upon the land of Egypt, so that the land may not be ruined and cut off by the famine. And the plan, can you see? The plan seemed good in the eyes of Pharaoh. So there was the revelation and there was the plan. There was a revelation. There was the plan. There was revelation. There was the plan. But one last step. We'll see that from verse 46. Joseph, who had been in Egypt 13 years, was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He offered the plan. Pharaoh accepted, of course. And Pharaoh then appointed him. And because he's been appointed, he's now actualizing the plan. Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went about his duties through all the land of Egypt, 47. In the seven abundant years, the head brought forth by handfuls for each seed planted. And he gathered up all the surplus food of the seven good years in the land of Egypt and stored up the food in the cities. He stored away in each city the food from the fields around it. 49. And Joseph gathered grain as the sand of the sea very much until he stopped counting, for it could not be measured. He gathered so much that he stopped planting until it could not be measured. And when you see down the line, you know, in the story, by the time you get to the next chapter, you see how the famine actually came after the seven years, and everywhere else was battered except Egypt. They were living in plenty. Because there was a revelation, there was proper planning, and there was the right actions that were taken. When there is a divine revelation, we must take our own action by planning based on the revelation we've received. And not just plan, we must now activate our plan by taking actions. By the time we reflect in 2023, we realize that the challenge that we had was not the fact that we knew about the things that God has planned. We realized that most of the challenge that we had was either that our plan was too small or we did not take the right actions. Because when we plan, we plan based on our understanding. We plan based on our expectation. We plan based on the things that we can see. When we can't see beyond certain things, certain realities, it affects the way we plan. You know, a story was told about a man, you know, that went to the sea, was going to catch a fish. And he throws his hook and line into the, into the sea. And each time he brings out, you know, fish from the sea, he measures the fish. If the fish is longer than certain size, he throws it back into it. Then he picks some, if it's the same size, and he puts it aside. He's taking those home, you know. And 
a man standing by had to ask him, ah, what's going on? I observe you've been throwing the big, the big ones back and the small ones is what you've been picking. He said, well, I have this fry pan that the circumference is about this size. Those ones were going to be longer than my fry pan, so there's no way I could fry them. You know, but these smaller ones, can. that talks about the limitation of a man's mind. The limitation of a man's mind. So even though the words were spoken, the way we plan would have affected the reality that we saw. Because God spoke to Abraham. He says, as far as your eyes can see, I will give, I've given to you as a possession. As far as your eyes can see. The Bible also says that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above what you can ever ask or think according to the power that is at work in us. So there is that dependency factor on our own expectation, on our own mindset, determining the magnitude of what we see. So proper planning. And what I want to encourage us to do is that as we plan for 2024, we must take the limit off. Because we are planning for an experience with the unlimited God. We must take the limit off. We must take the limit off. But we must plan. We must plan. And that's what we're getting into tonight. We must plan. And having done the planning, we must act. I'm sure by the time we reflect, you know, probably see some of the things that you noted down that you're going to do this year. Oh, maybe I was going to start this course. Or I was going to read the Bible through from, you know, from Genesis to Revelation. Or I was going to read the New Testament through five times, you know. And, or I was going to start, you know, investing in real estate. Or I was going to, whatever it is, I was going to launch out my, launch my business, or I was going to give whatever it is that you've written down. And thinking back now, you see that you did not take the actions. You did not take the actions. If you don't take the actions, things won't get done. It will not happen. You remember the man at the pool of Bethsaida? The Bible says that the angel comes once in a while to steer the waters. And when he steers the water, anyone who jumps in first... Is one who gets healed. So it means that no matter the number of times the water is steered, if the person don't make a move to jump in, there can be healing. Until we take actions, we can't get the desired result. You know, there's a saying that if wishes were horses, who will ride? And you don't know the saying. Beggars will ride. So it means that if it was just about wishing, wishful thinking, everybody would be great. If it's just about, you know, just wishing for things, everybody, but it, it doesn't work that way. There is the action that is needed on our part. Hallelujah. Amen. So tonight I want us to make a commitment because God has opened our eyes to what the the what the new year holds for us, you know. And as we get on the journey, we keep unveiling it, keep revealing more of his counsel. But it's important that we plan our ways. Amen. Amen. So there are eight areas 
that at least our plans should cut through. Eight key areas. Eight key areas. First is spiritual. Second is family. Third is relationship. Fourth is financial. Fifth, career. Sixth, enterprise. Seventh, personal. Then eighth, health. And you should note that it's not in maybe priority order in any way. You know, anyone could have come before the other. Right. But there are eight important areas that you should have a plan around. So we're going to start with the spiritual tonight. There is the workbook that we're going to have access to. Perhaps maybe on Sunday we can have it printed, you know, so that everyone can have the hard copy. You know, but then the soft copy is available online for us to use. So you can easily download it, particularly those that are watching online. Um, you can download it and, you know, and use it as a PDF document. Or if you want to print it out, which I strongly encourage, I encourage people to actually print it out so that you can put your responses on your vision board. Amen. Amen. So here are the key questions that should guide your planning. The first question is, what are the things that I need to stop doing? What are the things that I need to stop doing? What are the things that are not enabling me to grow spiritually? What are the things that are impeding my connectivity, impeding my sensitivity to God that I need to stop in 2024? What are those habits? What are those attitudes that are not allowing me to connect with God the way I should that I should stop doing in 2024? You know, some of us didn't prioritize God, you know, enough or as we should in 2024. I discovered that there's, I mean, there is so much in God that we can assess. So much in God. So much in God that we can assess. So much in God that we can assess. You know, one of the things that I learned this year also is to see what it means when you actively engage God to get results and what it means when you are lackadaisical about it, then you get the results that just being lackadaisical delivers to you. And this year, I've gotten results that people were like, no, you are crazy. This is what you want to do. You are crazy. <laughs> You know, it's, it can't work. It's kind of like, I uh, know, it's, it can't work. It can't work. And I go back to God. I say, God, you see, this person has said it can't work. This person has said it can't work. This person has said it can't work. Now I need you to show how you do your things. And God just comes true. It just comes true. You know, so it's important. What are those things that you need to stop doing? What are those things you need to stop doing? Some of us will rely solely on our strength. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 4 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
in all your ways acknowledge him and shall direct your path. You see, one of the challenges that some of us have is that because we are very smart, we think we can always get through every day just with our, our ideas. But what we don't realize is that when God is planning for you, when God is planning for you a 100% result in a day, and to achieve that 100% result, there are certain information that you need to have in your spirit. Maybe you're going to be ne negotiating a deal. Maybe you're going to be meeting with somebody you know, that is going to be joining your team. So you need to say the right word that we get the person to join. Maybe you're going to be meeting someone that will connect you to another opportunity. He has that in store. But when you get into that day without acknowledging him first, and you just go about it in your own shabby plan, I mean, whatever it is, it could just be that as you're just going, somebody just, <laughs> somebody just touched you and maybe your mobile phone fell. And while you're picking your mobile phone and all of that, the person that God has designed that you meet just walk by. By the time you lift your head, the guy has gone. But you will never know the opportunity that you miss. Except God gives you the chance to start seeing you know, all of those things. And someone tells you, oh, that's the person you he just left. Like, wow. That would have just been an opportunity to close the deal right there. But for someone who had depended on God that day, it will ensure that even if the person knocks you, the phone doesn't fall off, you are right on time to meet that person. So it's important that we acknowledge God first in our days. Again, what are those habits that drains your spirit? What are those habits that drains your spirit? What are those things that keeps you from praying, that keeps you from studying the scriptures, that keeps you from attending, you know, meetings, services as you should? Those things you need to stop doing. And you need to resolve on how you want to address them. Because habits don't die. You replace bad habits with good habits. You replace bad habits with good habits. So that means you're making a decision that in 2024, you're going to be waking up early to pray the way Jesus does it. Or did it while he was on earth. Bible says that very early, before the day breaks, he goes to a solitary place to pray. Right? There is a song that, you know, they sing in junior church in those days. Read your Bible, pray every day. Do you know it? Pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. Some of us join early morning prayer, but we don't read Bible every day. <laughs> you know? By the way, you know that the early, early morning prayer meeting does not substitute your personal time with God. That's a corporate prayer. And that's why it's just 30 minutes. So that you still have the chance to do your own. Either you've done it before or you do it after. You know, but you have the chance. But it's important to read the Bible every day. That's the way we grow in knowledge. That's the way we grow in understanding. That's the way we have 
better understanding into the things that God has planned for us. Another important question you need to ask yourself is, in what ways will I contribute my talent, my time, and my treasure to the kingdom in 2024? I think this is one evaluation that we all need to, you know, to do. How did I fare in 2023? You know, as a steward, as a worker, as a believer, as a believer in 2023, how did I fare? How did I fare? How did I fare? How did I use my time to enhance the cost of the kingdom? How did I use my money to enhance the cost of the kingdom? By the time I do the proportion, you know, I put together, look at all my expenses, download my bank statement for the year, and I plot the chart for all my expenses. What proportion of that expenses went to God for the year? The Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. What's my commitment? So moving forward from 2023, what's my commitment in 2024? About using my talent for God, using my time for God, using my treasure for God. And guess what? You see, one of the things that I've found out over the years is that when you develop God habits, and I mean God habits, I mean godly habits, when you develop habits like giving to God, it makes it easier for you over time. It makes it easier for you over time. When you commit your time to God, it makes it easier for you to buy time. And this is what I mean. There is no investment of your time with God that goes to waste. Except if all you're just doing is just playing religious acts. There is no investment of your time that goes to waste, except you're playing just religious heart. So it's important we make decision. How many souls am I going to win this year, committing my time to deliberately reaching out to people, to deliberately sharing the gospel? How am I going to be utilizing my time to do that? What proportion of my fund am I going to commit to outreaches, to evangelism in 2024. Those are decisions you need to make and put them down. And put them down. God honors our decisions. Bible says that either honor me, will I honor. When you make the decision and you start acting, God honors it. Hallelujah. And as a believer, how many people will I disciple for God? How many people will I disciple for God? How many people this year did you disciple for God? As a believer. I mean, the mandate is to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. If you cannot point to one, two, three, four people that you discipled in the way of the Lord this year, you have another chance. We must make commitment to do that. People have to be influenced. People have to, you know, grow because we are 
we are there for them, guiding their hands. And in what way will I honor my pastors, you know, this year? It's a decision that you have to make. It's a decision that you have to make. How do I be a blessing to my pastors this year? So these are important questions that you have to answer and articulate your plan for the next year. So the things that you want to start doing, the things you want to stop doing, your commitment of time, your commitment of your treasure, your commitment to disciple you know, young converts, your commitment to win souls, your commitment of resources to the things of God, and how you want to be a blessing you know, to your pastors, you have to put that down. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The next one is family. It's family. It's family. The Bible says that God sets the solitary in families. God is the, the one that instituted family. And if you observe that, you know, at the time that we are in, there's a whole lot of onslaught against the family unit. Misinterpretation of what the family unit represents. So many things happening, you know, from the media, from, they are just people that are actually funding this agenda, you know, and they are very, very aggressive about it. The devil is funding, you know, inspiring people to fund this agenda against the family unit. So 2024, it's another year that we must make commitment to strengthen our family units. To strengthen our family unit in God. So first question is, how do I spend sufficient time with my family this year? What creative way do I ensure I spend sufficient time with my family this year? I know the interesting thing, too, is that the executives are becoming busier because there are more challenges to solve. There are more challenges to, to solve. You know, the typical full-time hours requirement is supposed to be 40 hours a week. Right? You're a professional. You go to work. You're supposed to spend 40 hours a week. But I can bet you that an average... An average worker, you know, in private sector in Nigeria is probably spending like 52 hours, you know, on the average. And some are even spending far more. They get to the office 7 a.m. They are leaving the office around 10.30 p.m. That is when there is no major terrible issue. Because for some... <laughs> For some senior executives, at 1 a.m., they are still there. You know, so the, the idea is that it gets to some point, it seems 24 hours is not even enough, right? Because there are so many things to deal with. But amidst all of those things, we must be wise enough to know that we must take decisions that will protect us and protect our family. I was discussing with, you know, with a friend and he was saying that, well, that sometimes he had to just decide that 
whenever he's gone away for a while, maybe he's had multiple trips and all of that, he just comes back and just cancel out days. Maybe I like just cancel an entire Friday, or just cancel, you know, just to find some time to make up and ensure that the weekends are meaningful weekends, you know, with his family. So you have to think about it. How do I? You know, the interesting thing, there are some people that even have sufficient time on their hands, but they are not actively using it to even build family. If you are not as engaged that you are away from family and the bulk of the time you are together, all you are doing is you are watching Netflix. And you are not intentionally passing or connecting or it's still of no use. Right? So we have to be intentional about the values you want to you know, pass to our family. What do I want to do or start doing to spice up my relationship with my spouse? What do I want to do to get things going better? What affects my spouse or children negatively that I need to stop doing? You know? If you are a master at yelling, I think you should put it as part of your goal as what you need to stop doing. <laughs> and this is a very important one. What do we do to grow spiritually as a family? What do we need to grow you know, to grow spiritually as a family. We need to be very, very definite about this. You know, no matter how busy you are in whatever environment or economy that you are in, you know, um, we must intentionally create that time, that platform, that opportunity to deepen our, you know, particularly for our children, to deepen their spiritual growth to deepen their spiritual growth. Are there certain exercises, certain routines you want to put in place? You know, for example, before they go in the morning, they should have a memory verse that they're committing to, you know, to the mind. You know, they should have confessions. You know, after you've prayed over them, they should pray for themselves. You know, just being very intentional about ensuring that they grow spiritually. You know, you find out that these children are not too, they are not too young to listen to messages. It's not all the time, cartoon, 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 cartoon. Get them to sit down, listen to messages. Ask them to write out points that they get out of it. You know, can go the extra length to ensure that the cartoons they are watching, they are Christian content, you know, because it's important we pass the values that we believe to these people. What program do we need to start watching together as a family? That's important, you know. What values do we want to promote in our family? In what ways will I honor my biological parents? That's also a very important thing. You know, we must honor our parents. We must honor our parents. One of the secrets to long life is honoring her parents. So if you have your biological parents who are still alive, please honor them. Honor them with your substance. There are some... There are some prophetic blessings that you provoke each time it comes, you know. So we have to be very conscious of that. Okay? Family. Let's move to relationship. Relationship. Who are the people that positively affect my life that I want to strengthen our relationships? This is very important. When you estray your life in 2023, 
You see certain decisions that you took. You see certain experiences that you went through. The decisions that were very good, that were influenced by people. The ones that you know that, no, this is the decision of an unbeliever. You know the people that influenced it. So you need to now astray your life. To say, uh -huh. this person, this person, I need to relegate the influence. This person, this person, I need to strengthen the relationship. Because you see, God is the one that connects people. God is the one that connects people. The Bible says that God brought men to David whose heart he has touched. So God brought the man. It is David's decision to strengthen the relationship. So what he did or did not do would have affected who stayed or who did not stay around him. So if you have relationships that we don't pay attention to, the connection will die out. The connections will die out. Because, I mean, we've said it often, often times that God's instrument for blessing is man. God don't print money in heaven. If he wants to bring new opportunities, he will use man. If he wants to bless financially, he will use man. He won't be in your room one day, then you just see that your room is filled with money. That's not money from heaven. Amen. Amen. You know, there could be some spectacular times. You know, God is, God is a God of, he's unlimited, right? So you could also be in your room and money appears in your, in your jacket or in your back. It has to be that in that case, the only way you can get the money is that it appears. Do you get the picture? It has to be that that's the only case. But otherwise, you will not find it that way. And spectaculars are not the everyday way of life as believers. As believers, we believe that the impossible can be possible. God can't be limited. Do you get the balance? So it's not, it's not like it is never impossible that God will credit your account just when that debit needed to go. Do you understand? But it's a spectacular act. It's not what we live on as believers. So we must strengthen the relationships that God has brought around us. Who are the people who constantly reduce me that I need to avoid? Who are those people that, you know that this year when you started out, you started out with strong faith for a particular project or strong faith for a particular thing you wanted to do. Who were those people that you listened to their voices and they quenched the fire or the passion for that thing? Who were those people that didn't allow you to go the extra mile you wanted to go in loving God, in serving God? Who were those people whose voices or whose words reduced the flame that you carry this year? Those are people that need to be avoided in 2024. They need to be avoided in 2024. People that are constantly advising you on how you can boycott or boycott or, you know, game the system. Those are people that you need to, you need to avoid. How do, how do I improve on my relational skills? What are the intentional things that I need to do? Do I need to smile more? You know, <laughs> I need to be more hospitable. 
These are things that we can learn and improve on. And it strengthens our ability to connect with people. What are those things that I need to learn? Who do I want to connect with as my mentor? You know, there is nothing like everlasting mentor. The fact that someone is your mentor right now does not mean that the person is an everlasting mentor. What does not change is your father. Do you understand? You can have many teachers, many instructors, but just one father. But you must also understand that at the phase that you are in, if your instructor has done his job and you move into another phase, you need another instructor that is more experienced. What does not change is the prophetic blessing that the father releases. Your father could be old school. Your father might not know what is happening, but he carries the blessing that unlocks your blessing in whatever season of life you are in. And you know, that's also part of the mistakes that people in this generation are making. They think that fatherhood is about who is trending, who has the highest like, who has the highest following. Then they run to that person to be their father. You know, it doesn't work that way. Your father is constant. <laughs> He's constant. He has the key, the blessing to unlock anything, even if he does not even know how to speak English. All he needs to pronounce is the blessing. That's the strength of fatherhood. So, but you must identify per time, particularly in your field, who are those people who have the expertise, who have the result that you need to leverage on their experience to get ahead in your field. And for those that you're already connected with, what do I do to appreciate them? How often do I want to engage them or relate with them? You see, mentoring is not a, it's not a status. It's not, having a mentor is not a status. To say that, hey, I have five mentors. In the industry, I have five mentors. You know, yes, you have five mentors, okay. What are you gaining from your mentors? If you have five mentors, that you never interact with them all throughout the year, other than you send them birthday wishes, they send you birthday wishes, and that's the benefits that you get from them all throughout the year. It's just it's a status thing. It's better even say you don't have a mentor. Because the role of a mentor is to accelerate one's journey. Imagine someone wants to go from here to Ikeja. Two of you want to go from here to, you know, to... Ikeja, for example. Um, what's the estimated um, kilometers, Pastor Ayo? Like here to maybe Alausa, Secretariat, or Ikeja City Mall. What's like the estimated kilometers? It was never good in geography, but, you know, maybe six kilometers. Imagine two people going on a six-kilometer journey. You know, let me use someone who is like Joshua, you know. Imagine Joshua and hey, David, I don't know if there's any distinct, distinct difference in your weight, but I think there should be some, some sort of difference. Imagine a Joshua and a David going from here to Ikeja City Mall, which is about six kilometers away. And as they set out on the journey, about 500 meters into the journey, then PG comes around, driving his car, and he picks up Joshua. 
heading towards Ekeja City Mall. Who is going to arrive first, Joshua or David, to Ekeja City Mall? Who? Joshua. Will they arrive at the same time? Will they arrive the same way? When a David will get there all sweating because of the sun and all that, a Joshua is sitting in the car with AC. By the time he gets there, he's fresh. That's the difference that a mentor makes in the life of an individual. You don't have to go through the hustle, the challenges, the failures. The... You are riding on their knowledge and experience. So if you have them and you don't contact them, you don't engage them, it's as good as you don't. Hallelujah. So it's important for us to design how we want to engage them and let them know. The fourth thing, which is very critical, is financial. 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 And I like the first question. Are you satisfied with your financial state in 2023? I didn't say you should answer. I mean, you should answer the question. Are you satisfied? Someone will say that, is anybody ever satisfied with what he has? But you know there is a commendation that you can give that, ah, yeah, this year I think I tried. You know. But the question is, do you think you tried this year? Do you think you could have done much more? So if that's the case, what's your goal for 2024? How much do you intend to earn? In 2024. How much do you intend to earn in 2024? This thing is very important because you see, when you do all of these strategic plans and you have them on your board, on your vision board, like what I do, in addition to board, I now export them to my notes. So across the four areas, I highlight the key things. I know for financial, it has more elements, you know. Highlight key things, spiritual, financial, family. Just copy the key things, put it in my notes. So when you see me praying and I'm holding my phone, I'm bringing out my notes of the things for the year. And I'm declaring God's word over them. So how much do you want to hand this year? How much do you want to earn in 2024? And when I said how much do you want to earn, you know this is beyond the revenue of your business. If you're an entrepreneur, how much do you believe God that your business should be able to pay you as a salary in 2024? As a professional, how much are you looking forward to earn as your annual salary in 2024. These are things that you need to put into your plan. What negative money habits do I want to replace with good ones? What are the negative money habits? I mean, at this point, paying, you know, paying your tithes should not be a should not be a question for you. And if it's still a question for you, uh, 
God will help you in 2024. Because if there's anything, you should not struggle to give to God. You should give out of love. You should give out of love. And in addition to that, what's my spending habit? Am I an impulse buyer? You know? I will have spent so my salary. Then I will now be doing budgets. People, you, you earn money, you spend it, they are now drawing sheets. <laughs> no, you do budgets, then you use budgets as a guide for spending. That's the way it should be, not the other way around. Because you are trying to, like, ah, this money now, now, this thing has gone. Well, yeah, how did I spend it? And I was trying to look at your, maybe your account statement to see how it went. No. The other way around should be the case. What's my plan for savings? Remember the interesting principle that um, Joseph recommended in Egypt? 20%. All the things that he gathered for the entire year, he just saved 20%. Every day as they get harvest, 20%, 20%, 20% for savings, which eventually became like their investment into the future. So we have to deliberately, intentionally save. We have to intentionally save. We have to intentionally save. And one of the things I also want to highlight here is that people will come to you with requests for emergency fund. What you have saved as your own emergency fund should not become people's emergency fund. Because sometimes people come for emergency fund when they want to buy a shabby. And you offer your own emergency fund as a loan to somebody that wants to buy a shabby. Then your own emergency now came and just that. So you have to be very smart about how you plan around your finances. How much am I going to save? How much am I going to invest? What are my financial targets? What are my financial targets? You know, one of the things that I want to really highlight to us is that we are at a time where that old spirit of wanting to show, you know, spirit of showmanship, you know, everybody wants to be an online celebrity. Because people want to be an online celebrity, they are investing in, you know, in fashion, in accessories, in all of those things, just to, so that every new shot is a glam. I know we have those are into fashion business. You know, I'm not, I'm not spoiling business, but <laughs> you have to be mindful and utilize your resources judiciously. Let me use that word. We have to use our resources judiciously without the intention to impress anybody without the intention to be the one that will trend. I mean, forget about it. You know, you don't live your life for people. You live your life to please God and for yourself. You live your life to please God and for yourself. Don't try to impress people. Just try to be a blessing to people. Amen.
So please, as we reflect on those things, I want us to actually articulate our plans. So it's not just reading the questions, understanding the question. We need to now write these things down. We need to write them down. By God's grace, next week, Wednesday, we'll go through the remaining four parts. Um, how be it, those, the service is going to be online. We're going to be having online service next week, Wednesday. So um, we'll go through the other part. The link has already been provided. So please, if you can go, go through it ahead of the time, fantastic. Otherwise, we go through it together. But it's important that you articulate your plan. And I really trust God because... 2024, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the year, you know, with so much anticipation. Because I believe that for us as Lighthouse community, there is so much that eyes have not seen or ears heard, nor has even come to the mind of anyone that is going to be expressed through us. And if that's what God has planned for us as a community, I believe that for us individually, there is so much that God has in store for us. But we have to position ourselves. We have to look beyond the current realities. We have to look beyond what is happening. I mean, the good thing too is that there are actually positive economic outlook, you know, for Nigeria for 2024. That's to tell you that we are hitting another circle as a country. We are hitting another circle. So if we are hitting another circle as a country, we have to be positioned as believers to take advantage of the goodness. Because the reason why the goodness is coming to us as a nation is because of the church. It's because of the church. The reason why the economy will be taking an upturn, the economy will be recovering, is because of the church. Because God needs to channel so much resources to us for the end time evangelism that he wants us to do. So, and the only way we can take advantage of these resources is when we plan and connect and cooperate with God to take these resources. I want us to just be on our feet tonight as we just lift our voice to God and just thank him for all the beautiful things he has in store for us in 2024. That, Lord, I thank you because you have unlimited possibilities for me and I take advantage of them. I connect with the resources that you've made available. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenggy.org for more.